Hello and welcome to Baby Banter, a podcast all about baby play and navigating the first 12 or 18 months of development with your baby. I'm your host, Nicole Pates, paediatric physio, business owner and mum of two crazy but wonderful kiddos. And I'm here in the studio with Monique and Gio and Helen and Seb at six months Earthside. On today's episode of Baby Banter, I'm here to answer all their questions and yours about development and we are joined by a very special musical guest. Meet Tara Del Borello, a registered and neurologic music therapist with a strong affinity for working with children and the impact that music has on developing baby brains. Tara's journey as a music therapist began here in Perth, Western Australia, where she worked at a local child psychology clinic before taking on an opportunity to pioneer music therapy programs across three wards at St. John of God Hospital, Murdoch. Incredible work. Today, she operates her own private practice, Soul Music Therapy, offering one-on-one music therapy for individuals with diverse needs, including developmental delay, neurological conditions, and mental health care. And she also works at Perth Children's Hospital, providing individual and group music therapy and acute mental health care. What an astounding human being. We are so lucky to have you here today, Tara. At her private practice, Soul, Tara delivers evidence-based music therapy programs designed to promote general child development and parent-child bonding. Her programs aim to encourage motor, cognitive, communication, emotional and social skills in babies and children, while also, and probably really importantly, empowering parents and caregivers with the tools to connect with their little ones. You know what I'm about, connection before correction. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips, and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech, as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Hey mum, it's time for Baby Banta. So Tara... Welcome here in the very hectic studio with, <laughs> with the babes. <laughs> just taking everybody off else oh, um, with with Monique and Dio, who he's I want to be involved, and Helen and Seb. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much. We for are so me. lucky to have you here. You are a wealth of knowledge around music and brain development. You are. Yeah. Thank um, you. So why don't I quick off, kick off with the typical question that everybody thinks is what is so here the boys are six months old what is the benefit for music in the early years there are many benefits for music in the early years and we know that music is a powerful tool for supporting aspects of baby development including emotional regulation cognitive motion cognitive motor and social skills It's well established that infants can distinguish elements of music, so pitch, melody and rhythm, and the amount of change that occurs in these early years, up to two years, is really astounding and it's um, thought to be as they can learn 
so much in these two years and more than any other time in their lives. Mm. And mm. the reason for this is because in these early years, their brains are developing at such a rapid rate. And there's actually an amazing study that I read in my first year of music therapy when I was studying. And I was still not quite sure if I was 100% sold on becoming mm. a music therapist, but mm. this was probably the study that got me over the line. And it was about how the baby brain at around two years will have 50% more synapses than an adult brain. Mm. So that means that the Is that when they start pruning? Like, that's before. It's just before. The, okay. The, yeah. yeah. Just before that, they've got 50% more. And that just means that their potential for learning is yeah. maximised. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So now onto the music part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, there's so much research now that we know about the brain and that's come to light in the last 10 years about how music affects the brain. And so at a, on a very simple level, the experience of music, so whether that is listening to music or singing or tapping along with your fingers or your feet, even singing something in your head, mm. that experience of music lights up multiple parts of the brain. Mm. So that is the activity, really it's the only activity that simultaneously stimulates multiple parts of the brain all at once and mm. that is music. So using music in those early years is so, so, cool. so it's cool. More like an it's almost like an unconscious recognition, like associated yes, memory. Yes, absolutely. And we see that in older adult research, like when mm. you're really trying to connect, like bringing back that familiar song, it like mm-hmm. brings back the light. But you yes. see it in babies too. If you have a special song with them or different things, it's they just, it's all of a sudden, even without any verbal communication, it's their little eyes yeah, absolutely. can see that, that yes. connection. It's beautiful. Yeah, so if you were to see a a scan of a baby's brain whilst it's listening to music or experiencing music in some way, you will see it literally light light up like a Christmas tree. So, so um, beautiful. It's very beneficial. Yeah. Very cool. So what do you have you guys got questions? I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Who's go Everybody's waiting. <laughs> With regards to Naturally, as a mum, you end up having like different songs and things that mm. you sing to your baby. Is there a research around even just exposing your baby through <coughs> your own nursery rhymes and things? I noticed that I've ended up coming up with one song. And while I was on holiday recently, all my friends had a different go-to song. Yeah. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that like builds, like, going down the path of connection, yes. the recognition Yes, connection is number one and your voice as a mother or primary caregiver is literally your secret power for connection with your baby. So it's actually, there's a lot of research that suggests that infants actually prefer singing over speech and they prefer their mother singing to them. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what you're singing. What if you have, what if you're tone deaf? Okay, this is... The best question ever. Yeah. <laughs> best question ever because in my groups, so I run groups for um, parent-child develop, sorry, parent-child bonding and general baby development, and that is the most common thing that I hear parents say. Oh, I'm not going to sing because I've got the most <laughs> oh, terrible I still voice. Sing. Like, it's just not great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's fine. So it doesn't matter. Literally, yeah. your baby thinks that your voice is the best voice in the that's entire in world. <laughs> yeah. Does that set them up for failure? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no jokes. From about six months gestation, that's when 
they can hear voices outside of the womb. So your voice and others that are around you. And they actually learn the rhythm and tone of your speech. Research tells us that singing to your babies, not only does it have a soothing effect, but it really significantly increases the the cognitive, sorry, the impact of the cognitive and emotional development. So when babies feel safe, they are in the best state to learn and Mm -hmm. your voice is going to be the thing that makes them feel the most safe because it's the most familiar. Yes. So sweet. Is there... Oh, like everything is in the theme of Twinkle Little Star. Mm. Yeah. A million things <laughs> yeah. go to Frere Jaca. Like, yes, is there, that's like, right. Why? And we even at home, like when I'm trying I start not to making lose. up songs yeah. just to those same. Yeah, those same yeah. So I'm trying not to lose my bananas, and I'm like, oh. and instead of yelling, I'm like, and the saucepan is going. Like, yes, so yes. not very good. Sorry, guys. That, that painful stuff for your ears. Is, like it might be so painful. funny to you, to others around you that you think, oh God, it's so repetitive or whatever. But that is one of the things that is the best for the baby development because your brain, our brains loves predictability. Yeah. And And infants do love predictability. Yes. And when your brain, it takes pressure off your brain when there's predictability and that also helps you to grow and develop. And so your brain also has the natural propensity to finish to expect what's coming. Oh, the, yeah, so, that anticipation. Yes. Our speeches talk about that all the time, that yes. anticipation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh. If you're singing Twinkle, Twinkle, your brain's already singing. I know. Little star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that, yeah, Bottle. there is a reason why we use <laughs> lullabies and, and nursery mm. rhymes. It, it mm. is because they are predictable and repetitive. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Is there any, obviously they're common songs, but say like parents always ask me, but what, I always say find the songs that work for you, mm. but are there songs that you would introduce as a foundational level that might cover certain tunes or different things that or uh, really light up their brain like Christmas trees on research? There are lots of, there's so much research, but it doesn't, it really doesn't, doesn't matter what you're yeah. singing. So there are, there is research that talk about the soothing effects and calming effects of things like classical music. or Baby Mozart. Yeah, I okay. wanted to ask you about We can it. talk about that, yeah. 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 We can talk like, about that. Should I put baby Mozart on or should I talk about singing while I'm putting the dinner on? Like, yeah. make up a song myself. Let's talk about baby Mozart. Okay. Baby I'm Mozart really curious because I found one in um, the op shop the other day, the okay. DVDs. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I think it's based on a study that was done in the early 90s that said if you play Mozart, your baby will become smarter. And it's really not about <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, oh, such a black and white comment. <laughs> Who yeah. that research? <laughs> I think, I think that basic, not to really, not to completely knock that. It's but Mozart, as, as wonderful as the music is and as amazing as he was as a musician, it's not going to make your baby smarter. It's really the exposure to an enriched environment that is going to increase the activity in their brain. It doesn't have to be Mozart and it doesn't have to be anything. It can be, you can be literally making up any song. Mm. It's time to go to the shower. It's time (laughs) to go to bed. I don't know. Anything. It doesn't matter. Kids are like, ah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think my kids will grow up and be like, Mum, you're mad. You're saying everything. <laughs> it a way of just not... You naturally yeah. do, though. I'm not a natural maybe. singer. Or oh, maybe I am. Dad <laughs> In the shower. Like, I think Dad made up songs about everything. Like, yeah. all the time. And so, and I, is it hereditary to make up songs? No? Yeah, Weird I think question. that there's... I or think is it exposure in, in your environment? Environmental oh. factors. 
it it is, but also humans are innately musical. If yeah. you think about all of our biological and physiological functions, they are all rhythmic. Yeah. Breathing, mm. our heartbeats, walking, talking, we all have our own rhythm. And on more on that topic, your babies, when they're still inside your womb, their first experiences of musical elements are the whoosh and swoosh of the womb and mm. your heartbeat as a mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And it's very rhythmic, obviously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> hope so. and very regulating. <laughs> yeah. So using that stuff when they come out is going mm. to really help support their development. Yeah. Awesome. Just on that topic with regards to when they're in the womb, I don't know what age they can start hearing noises outside the womb, but mm-hmm. I went to a lot of music mm. um, a few festivals and things <laughs> while I was pregnant. <laughs> Nicole's not surprised. <laughs> I went to Ed Sheeran. That's I, Ed Sheeran a week three before, days before, before you before. Yeah. Ed Sheeran. I was hoping Ed Sheeran rather than Big Day Out. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I did go to Fisher as well. Oh, my God, I love that. I really, honestly, I really love it. I was standing near the sound desk, so yeah. <laughs> I was getting the best music, yeah, musical right. sound. Headphones That's on your awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but how much of... I don't know if there's any research around whether music that they heard within the womb and like within those first two years, if that influences their music tastes or musical abilities later in life at all. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have a particular answer for whether it affects their musical tastes. I don't yeah. know if it's, yeah. gonna, it's going to be mean that because you listen to metal music that their favourite yeah. music is going to be metal as they grow yeah. up. But I do know that. They can hear when they're in the womb and particularly they say around six weeks before birth is when they can really respond to music. Ah. So so they can hear it. And he they, was responding at Red Hot Chili Peppers actually. They show, <laughs> like yeah. kicking around so much. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> he was drumming in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can definitely hear and I'm sure that that development of the brain, hearing music even in the womb, then, but you know, from twenty weeks, when they, whenever they can start to hear, mm-hmm. when the hearing is starting to develop, that's important. Yeah. Uh, what they're hearing, and it does really help their brain development. Yeah, mm. it just means we all hear that in neuroscience. They say neurons that wire together fire together. Mm. Yes, and that can be adaptive and maladaptive. As well. Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. That is important to, and that's to know, we, yeah. for sure. In, as a therapist working in early intervention, and so when I say that, guys, I'm not talking about typically developing babies or neurotypical babies. So if no. you're seeing a little one that yeah. has had a challenge, say even like a torticollis where their neck is tight, when you have a really tight neck and you're really finding it difficult to move, you only see one if you look, if you can look out of your eyes now, if you tilt your head to the side and then turn it a little bit, your vision is like biased towards the side yeah. that you're turning to, mm. and so you don't really see that other hand or that other mm. side. And it's not that it's not there, but it's not being wired yes, together. And absolutely. so that's what a lot of the work that we do is like bringing all this stuff together and maximizing mm. the opportunity for these little ones so that they can have more help, more adaptive wiring mm-hmm. together. So how does that happen in music? Time? Okay, that's a good question yeah. too. And I'm excited to answer yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so exactly what you're saying about is that to do with having a head preference? Is that right? Yeah, yeah so head preference. In music, in my groups, we do things like we do the usually it's broken up into different sections and the first section will be lots of singing, lullabies and 
nursery rhymes. And for those nursery rhymes, to answer that particular question, mm. if we're using something like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, I'll say you can lay your babies down mm. facing towards you and we use our fingers to promote mm. visual tracking. Yeah. So we move our fingers slowly from left to So you're integrating right. like a movement with mm-hmm. the tone to hopefully like – so if the more you sing that song, they'll think about that movement again until it's firing all those. Is that what you Yeah, I think it's more about like they're hearing music mm. and they're seeing mm. your hands move. Mm. So there's that joint attention thing yes, too. Yes, yep. great then, for foundational language skills, guys. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and moving, strengthening the neck yeah. and helping them become aware of both sides of their body. Yep. And the key there, guys, is that Tara's talking about there's a purpose. It's not just like you're, you're not just moving the baby's head for them. Like yeah. They're actively doing it themselves and the yes. music is the bridge for that connection and the purpose Absolutely, of, yes. what, of why they're moving. And I think that's where when we talk about play and, you know, you flick through Instagram or different things and like you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. But it's all about finding your baby's interests and finding that connection and that purpose or that desire or that the taste, not taste, the preference for what they like in yeah. music because you'll know what your little one likes in yes. music and what they don't or what they prefer more over something else yeah. and what Susan – but and I wanted to ask you, Tara, because often around that three- to four-month mark, like the wheels on the bus go mm. round and galumph went the, like the changes in <laughs> tone of this. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like you'll know it's his favourite. Yeah. And is it my actions or is Ooh. it the tone pitch change and like – I have been told before, and it might be completely wrong, I'm putting myself out there again, guys, but around that, that three-month mark is when they start to recognise that. Is that true or is it have I been led up the garden path? I think that from that point, from three to four months, is mm-hmm. when they are able to start responding yeah, okay. in ways that we can recognise. Yeah. Um, they true. still yeah. – here's something. There, there is a study that was done on babies, German babies and French babies, and they recorded their cries in the first five days of Mm. birth. Mm. And what they found was that the German babies tended to have a downward contour in their cries Mm. and the French babies had an upward contour in their cries. And so what that led to suggest that the babies are influenced by the language that they're hearing yeah. in the womb. Already. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Already. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They so are, their voice is already, learning. their own projection of voice is already influenced at yes, that exactly. early age. Wow. So, yes, mm. they can't, you will see them to mm. start to respond at three to four months because of that rapid de- brain development, um, yes. growth in the brain at yeah. that time. But they are learning long before that. Yeah, but they really love that. That pitch change. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Why do they love that pitch change? I think that it's just a, again, I think it is to do with the predictability (laughs) of the songs. Yeah. So, five green and speck good frogs. Now speck good dog. That type of stuff. I don't, that song in particular for me, when I sing that with the groups, I think... It's crazy that the kids just love this song. It drives mm. me nuts, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, they love it. Mm. And I think it goes back to that predictability. Yeah. Yeah. And I experiment. This is – sorry, guys, if you ever come to see me in clinic and I'm like, lump, went the little green. And then, because <laughs> it's about engagement yeah, too. It is, and it if is. you keep things moving, moving. Yep. Um, and colourful, yes. they're going to be more engaged. That's and that's cool. when they learn the most. In, yep. And so when you talk about preferences, oh. Geo might like that song and Seb might hate it. Um, yeah. And – 
that's all their little personalities yes, coming they're, out. Yeah. They're all individuals. Yeah. At mm-hmm. that, that young, yeah. Tara, with all this repetition in your work, do you ever go home and just want to drink a black bottle of wine? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you time <laughs> green speckled frogs on your yeah. whole, whole yes. <laughs> Trust me, I do. But, and the thing is, <laughs> um, and I go to sleep sometimes it's singing. singing I, it, yes, I was about like to say the same. Week. Like, how do you actually switch off from it yeah, again? Switch yeah. off. Like, if I'm singing as part of the evening routine, like singing and books and stuff before bed, then I'm like, still in my head like oh I know (laughs) it's really difficult but that goes back to how how effective those rhymes and repetitive lullabies are because they stay in your brain that's that's the thing that's going to keep you using your brain Mm, Um, yeah so you I'm going to sleep and I'm my brain is so active (laughs) going to sleep you try and do things to unwind like Meditate and to wine. Uh, no, I did not Sorry. wine. <laughs> I meant wine to your husband. No, <laughs> I actually went to um, Pyramids of Chi while I was in Bali. Yeah, and. Geo got to stay outside with the nanny. Oh, but they d- did all like the different tribal sounds and the oh, vibrations. Cool. Was it like I a sound like, bath type thing. Yeah, but they do it in a pyramid, so the oh. reverb off of the Ooh, pyramid goes cool. through your body. It was pretty amazing, and I also went to get a massage with some sound healing yeah and geo didn't want to stay outside so he ended up in there with me mm. but so he was sitting on my belly oh, lovely. <laughs> while that happened but he was That's so nice. into it yeah. yeah yeah it was really interesting cool. and the indonesian singing and yeah. he was really interested in the different language actually while we were there i could see him really looking oh, yeah. at mm. people speaking the different language mm. that might be a good in for the like speech <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to ask one more question of Tara for the speechy question is because I know you guys listening at home, not everyone can get to Tara's amazing Mm. classes. Not everyone can get to be able to go to a music class. Mm. So if we are at home and we can't access these, your amazingness, what Mm. are some musical experiences that we could do other than singing? Like, yeah. which we all try to do. Like sometimes we listen to play school, learn new songs or yeah. different things like that. But what or else? Wiggles. Or the Wiggles. If you're a Wiggles oh. person. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. What um, musical experiences could we focus on or could we do at home? I think that singing is so great because you don't need any instruments or toys. Mm. And thing, you can use movement as well with mm. singing, the rocking. Dancing. Dancing. Tapping on their bodies. So say with a nursery rhyme like Incy Wincy Spider, you might do the crawling up the arm. Yeah. That helps to initiate to make them aware of that brain-body connection. Yeah. And I noticed actually after your classes mm. with the drumming. Oh, yeah. Geo's like banging along to things a little bit more now. Cool. Yeah. yeah and they find his, if I give him a spoon, he'll be like whacking it, which is probably a developmental thing yeah. as well. And it is. But it's, it's around all, the six months mark. Yeah. You almost like see that. Coming together. Taking turns together. So yeah. if you're like bang and you have to wait, remember not straight away, it'll be like 10 yes. and then or shake and then you'll see them. They might not do it. It might be very gross, like gross motor, like a big movement. Yeah. It's not discreet or fine, but they'll be mm. trying to And then to seeing their in. face delight in it. Yes. I love it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And it is mm. really important to give that space for them to respond mm. and to try and imitate. And we do a lot of turn taking in the groups but you can do that at home and the thing that I'm most passionate about as a music therapist is that it is I really advocate for music therapy as an allied health profession and it's evidence-based and all of that but Mm. I really like to make sure that 
parents are able to use those skills at home so that it's accessible for them at home. There's no point for them mm. just to come in for the session and really not understand how it works and they come once a week or whatever and then never use it at home. It, the most important part about it is that they can take these things, add them to their toolbox of yeah, things, yeah. Yeah, mm. their repertoire to help help their children along in, in development. So singing, rocking, using, you want to encourage fine and gross motor skills. So if you've got rattles, if you've got pots and pans if you don't have a drum anything that is going to give them some sensory stimulation mm. and rhythm is just so important that's the thing it doesn't matter if you fall off the beat or anything yeah. like doesn't matter yeah. you just got to be hurt them. using yeah. music and yeah like i said your voice is the most important thing you can make up songs as you go what you sing does not matter mm-hmm. just keep it yeah. interesting and have fun. Yeah, and our speeches would say that the predictability and the consistency of the songs promotes that anticipation. Yeah, and when you like combine it with gestures, when you sing like open, shut them, mm. and you go open your hands, but even before that, you can start opening your hands, and they already know, like they mm. know it's yeah. coming, and they're like that connection's made, and they're yes. joining in, or like when you do, like as soon as yeah. you start to do an action that's familiar, mm-hmm. so that joining of actions and words, and it's just a beautiful like for their brains. Yes. I love it. And the best thing about using music is that you're making them work pretty hard and they don't know it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, they are, yeah. They're actually working and their, their brains, brains are working firing. so hard yeah. and they're really learning. They're not sitting down learning a skill. It's mm. very fun. It's engaging it's and it's purposeful, yeah. yeah. Both my husband and I are big, have a massive range of music tastes, so I've always got even Triple J on in the car. Although as he gets older, some of those songs will definitely not be able to be played. <laughs> but I find him like, he'll go to sleep to any music, doesn't matter what genre is yeah. on in the car as mm-hmm. well. So I don't know if it helps to tire him out a bit, but then he goes to sleep. Or Yes, yeah, so there's the, a lot of very little babies that will, will literally conk out at the end of the session. Yes. And the next week, the mo- mothers or primary caregivers, whoever's bringing them, will say, oh my goodness, had the best sleep after the session. And yeah. they're having a brain workout. Yeah, that's yes. great. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. Um, Do you guys have well, any other questions? Clever way. Well, I think linking in kind of the predictability question in language development, like we've talked about whether there's a musical preference, but also is there a stage where the words themselves become um, part of the predictability? Like I'm thinking if the evening includes like some familiar songs and then I normally finish with the... <laughs> <laughs> Seb singing with the same <laughs> book is he already I can recite that book that we always finish with yes. now but does he obviously he can't tell me about does he know that yet or does it, it, I would say that they start to get used to what's coming like with mm. their predictability but they also say that spontaneous speech and singing develop at the same time and I've seen a lot of that happen in my groups some children they don't sing at all or anything and then suddenly one day switches on. they're really trying to sing along. They don't get all the words right but there'll be certain words that they start to say and they're making, they're literally trying to sing along and it's and the parents are like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Like why are they suddenly singing last week? They it's weren't. It's beautiful, yeah. It really just, it starts mm. to, it starts to connect and as their speech starts to develop, they will usually start to say one word or we use a lot of stop and go songs. yeah. With so the pauses for yes, them with to the take pauses, turns. Yep. Take turn to stop that That's also control. good for safety, isn't it? The stop-go yeah. songs. Like. Yeah, impulse control, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And lots of those 
lots of those songs. Will be. Hang on, Tara. I'm going to pause you there. Can you explain what a stop go yeah, song I was going is? To say the I same. Think Mon <laughs> can you give an Helen example? Think that it's actually saying stop and go. Okay. For example, there's a wonderful song by an amazing organisation called Sing and Grow. Who I actually contract for them as well, and they do um, parent-child bonding groups. And one of their songs is it's a it's a drumming song. So it's hear us play now on the drum. Oh, hear us play now on the drum. We bop bop. And then we stop. Oh, hear us. So that yeah. is that. Yeah. And in those moments when we stop, you see even the very little babies from three-ish months, they look around and they look for why the music has stopped. Mm. The older ones will go, stop. Or, or they like, they'll be like smiling, waiting for you to like start it again. Yeah. 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 And that is doing so much cognitively, you know, for their development. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so not literal stop and go. Yeah. yeah, but is there a connection? Because sometimes in those stop-go songs, they, there is a stop as the word mm. Yeah, and then the pause um, or not. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to think of another song where you use that type of pause. It doesn't always have to be stop, but mm. what it is, it's the predictability of that phrase coming to an end and yes. then it restarts. Yeah. Oh, like the... Oh, the galumph goes yeah. the little green frog and they go, but... Yes, exactly. And you can take your time with that. Yes. Yeah. Or um, like the one I was doing when you stomp your feet and then at the end you freeze. And yeah. Then yeah, freeze. Yeah. 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 So it might not be that exact word. Yes. It's come, It's signifying there's a start and an end point Correct. in yeah. the song so that they can join. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, and delight in the so pause. So much more <laughs> complicated. So, yeah. <laughs> so much underlying. I was yeah. so much thinking at like it. the primary school age, just yeah. the what's the time, Mr. Wolf, and the turning and kind of yes. trying to get caught, like all that kind of yeah. anticipation, anticipation and movement. And mm. yeah. It's all like super fantastic for foundational skills mm. that lead into. So, I was reading a paper the other day that was talking about play and different things, but. We often don't realise, but that first five years particularly sets our little ones up with habits mm-hmm. to take through later yes. in life. Because that is when the most the brain is developing at most rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of you guys know that I focus a lot on outdoor play and like this research article mm. about that. But it's we do have screens and we do have other things in our life. And rather than mum shaming or or making people feel bad about using things that are part of our life now, what are the protective factors? So what are the factors that will protect from increased screen time or other things and outdoor play? And I'm sure if there's more research, I'm sure we could find some research around the exposure to music and singing and, and that, like, they they offer, I don't, do you know what I mean by protective factors? Um, like, I think so. They modify a negative impact of something. Yeah, so okay. if you have heaps of screen time, yes. they're mm. like, oh, that's going to negatively impact your child development. So what could you do? But if you had the same amount yes. of screen time but with outdoor time and music time, mm-hmm. like those impacts would be significantly reduced. And yes, so it modifies absolutely. the impact of the less helpful thing. And I, I was saying to someone in a re- on a research panel, that's what we should be focusing on because there's so much mum shame. Like well, I feel so much mum shaming around like I can't do screen time, I can't do this. If my mental health is bad, like this is going to happen and you're predicting and you're catastrophizing. Like, I'm going to break it, break, yeah, my child break my child because I had to sit them yeah, or, down and that's the only thing yeah, that would make yeah, them sit yeah, for those five help. minutes. Yeah. But actually... There's all these beautiful protective factors that you can be doing 
as well as those things that negate the, the bad's unhelpful impact. Of course. Yeah. Which and is I what think we need it's to like focus diet, on. right? Yeah. If you oh. <laughs> yeah. have Maccas for breakfast. Yeah, it's like all food is <laughs> no. all food. Yeah. And things are part of life. But I feel That's... like music therapy, music yes. and being together in that connection, it's quali- yes. quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And the outdoor pot time, which allows space for unstructured play and social and yes. motor development, risky play. Adding those things, you could have four hours of screen time and it would probably take away the exactly. unhelpful impacts. Mm. The negative impacts would be if you just chucked your kids in front of a TV and <laughs> nothing true. else. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, look, those things can be very helpful. I, I must say my mum and dad, yeah. God bless them, they're the best parents and they did the best with what they knew at the time. Mm. But I spent, oh my God, so I much. can't tell you how much time so in front of a TV too. watching videos, music videos. Oh, rage on Saturday just, morning. Yeah, I was um, on computer games All of the well, shows after school. Yeah. I played so much Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. I was a whiz. Sega. Commodore 64. Okay. But the thing is, I think that we're on the mum shaming thing. I've got a few friends Lots of my friends have children and family members mm. and I see a lot of, unfortunately, like partners coming home from a whole day of work when one parent has been with the child the entire day and they're like, oh, why are they in front of the TV? Like, it's not good for their development. And I just think, okay, but yeah. you've got to do the best with what you can. If and what's best for the family. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's not best for the child. Yeah. yeah. I just think that, yeah, it's a bit rough to judge. If you feel like this resonates with you, what Tara's saying, go back and listen to part one of month six where we had Katie Parker. We just spoke about all of this stuff because yeah. it is like what's best for the family, not always what not what's always best for the child. And I knew mm. ABC Kids schedule of shows from three thirty till seven o'clock. Like mm. I knew what was on and when it was on and the time it was on because, mm. but. Like we also had a lot of outdoor time and we, we did, had a lot of other things. We definitely we did, had, yes. We had music and we had a balance of different things. And yeah. there was yeah. days of, like you have, I have vivid memories, but I also know there was a balance of things mm. as well. Rage on a Saturday yeah, rage. morning. Get up and watch Rage. Yep. Or if you got up too yeah. late on a Sunday, it was finished. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> when you're a bit older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sebby. Sebby's not. You can probably hear Sebby's a little bit upset. He wants to have a sleep, but he's yes. fighting it hard. Fighting hard for his sleep. <laughs> Helen had three swimming lessons this week as a oh, catch wow. ups because she missed the first two. <laughs> yeah. And Seb's just. I've like, had a lot this yeah, week, Mum. Poor Seb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's he was just taking over the studio, rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> He's rolled right over there. <laughs> Under the table. <laughs> right off, off the floor. Yeah, Gio's been what he thinks is singing, <laughs> squawking at the top of his oh, voice. the high pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play Gio doing that. Can I play? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. That was pretty cute. That was a cute version. That's a cute, cute version. Do- he was doing it a lot um, a couple of weeks back and I was like, what is this? And my husband's like, why is he doing that? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's mean to lots of music classes. He's trying to sing like Tara. <laughs> yeah, he's not going on Australia's Got Talent anytime soon. <laughs> no. He's no, and I wasn't sure, so I did ask Nicole. Yeah, I was so like, have, what is this? We have a little this? WhatsApp group that Helen yeah. and Monique just send like all oh, their great. questions to awesome. and I answer on the yes. spot. It's very VIP privilege yes. um, <laughs> as so part good. of coming on the podcast. Um, so I don't know because I'm not a speechy, but I asked our speeches and they said this sound is totally part of normal development Yeah, and it's actually expected around that three to six months mm-hmm. of age and they like what they call vocal play. So they learn that they can make noises 
at the front and the back of the mouth and then they can turn their voice on and off and it sounds like they're discovering the power of their voice. Yes. Mm. Is that the, like, they found their voice? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) when people say that. You'll hear them cooing or laughing or, like, babbling or screeching and it will also be normal that they'll start showing their feelings through their sound of their voice. For example, if their voice goes up and loud when they're excited and the species, Eleanor and Amelia, said try to make that same noise back to them. Oh, I um, did that. Because it's like that imitation cause so, and effect between their voice and someone doing something. So if they're engaging in back and forth noises, try and produce a different noise and see if they copy. Oh, hang on. Helen's coming on. I had muted you. Sorry, Helen. Yep. Sorry. That's that imitation and copying thing. What if it's that just the... The screech squeal. Yeah. That's my like dad was like, just doing. do it back to him. Yeah. And I was no. like, I'm just sitting here and scream I mean, at my child. When it's the when it, when it's the one that you don't want to encourage, yeah. it's, you're going to make me deaf. <laughs> yeah. So, does it still help, or do we? How do we modify? I think remember when they discover a new skill, they often want to consolidate it through high levels through like of repetition. Two, two weeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Screeching. Um, so should yeah. move on to the next thing like raspberries yeah. or the next thing that they discover or the cooing or something. And I don't know, like Tara, it'd be interesting and I'd have to ask our speeches, but I don't think playing back and forth would actually encourage it to continue. I think it mm. would just be part of that phase. Yeah, I agree. I'm also not a speech pathologist, but from what we've learned is that mirroring what, your children do is really effective in also yeah, creating that, in that connection and yes in that consolidation phase it doesn't last long you might feel like Feels it does <laughs> have more um, of that wine to your husband yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's yes i yeah i had a mother just last week she was like oh my god he's begun this screeching if he starts it i'll just leave and i said don't leave stay in the room because It's all part of it. Like all children are going to develop at different times. They're all experiencing music differently, whether it's something in the music that starts it or not. It doesn't matter. It's just you just allow it to happen because you don't want to quash it out of them. Mm -hmm. It's part of their development. Definitely struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say, I don't have kids of my own yet, but and I'm sure it would be a bit distressing sometimes if you feel like... It's definitely the screech becomes quite distressing. When it's 10 o'clock at night and you're having it yell in your ear. Mm. Yes, and you're tired and all the rest of it. Yeah, Yeah, I personally found helpful having a phrase or a go-to thing saying, that's really loud in mummy's ear. It's night time now. I'm going to sit with you. Mm. And then I would start to sing. There's like a yeah. distraction. So mm. like with Claire, I had my like, you know, turn around, right? Because she'd fall apart. Oh my God. Um, so I just start singing that when she <laughs> cried. So she knew I was there, but I just Love didn't want to like, I didn't want to <laughs> let her know that I wasn't there, like and ignore her feelings, but like I couldn't fix it. Mm. And like that, that was what I was much better with than will was the letting go of having to fix it mm-hmm. and actually just being in it yes. and being there with them in it but yeah, yeah it took me sure. two children to get that <laughs> perspective hell i totally feel where you're at yeah, <laughs> um, yeah everyone's learning yeah <laughs> and the sleep deprivation just adds that extra layer of <laughs> and brings up tension like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of, of the lower capacity of coping yeah but yeah one of my friends gave me a good tip and she said if it's like really distressing let's use technology if you've got hair pods in put your hair over your ear pods and you're still smiling and nodding at them but you can't hear sound yeah. down noise cancelling and you're there and you're showing empathy with your face but you don't hear that noise so you reduce that like 
You take mm-hmm. the edge off. Like mm-hmm. you're not ignoring them. You're still there, but you're just taking the edge off for your own, do what's best for your own family. Not the best. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I don't know if that's a helpful yeah. tip. I think it is. I think I doing what's best for your family and not just the baby is a really nice thing to hear because That's everyone That's a Dr. Wants, Kyla quote. She, yeah, she well, needs me to reference love that because <laughs> so, yeah. everyone always wants to do the best for their babies. But mm. if it's really detrimental to you and you're doing things all the time that's best for the baby and it's, you're not really filling your own cup or doing mm. things that help you, it's not in the long run, it's really not going to be beneficial for it's anyone. It's actually a first aid yeah. premise. If you've got to think correction. about, like yeah. Dr. ABC, you always have to check for danger for yourself first. Yeah. And even if you think about that on an airline, you put your own oxygen before you give yes. it to someone else. It's the exact same thing. You yes. literally can't. It's just really hard to do that in the moment, isn't oh, it? Yeah. yeah. Always, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have any development questions for me? Around, I'm here. Like, oh. I'm ready. Helen, <laughs> well, you go first. Well, <laughs> one of the ones that um, I just messaged during this week was that the, coming back to this screeching thing. Seb seems to be getting quite frustrated. He's still not interested very much in rolling. He loves sitting and standing. So he's always, the last month or so, he's liked being held to stand. But just a couple of nights ago, I put him in the spot that we normally have like majority of his toys and things. And I was actually holding his torso in more of a sitting position. And he actually was like going for the play gym stuff for minutes. Whereas recently I found like I have to constantly be moving around or take him outside or whatever. And so I was like, oh, does that mean we've progressed beyond the lying on the back or the con- continuously trying to go like, go on your tummy, it's okay, I'll put a pillow under you, be okay, which he still just does not like very much. Have we moved on to sitting now or do we still have to do everything? Yeah. I get a lot of questions about this because around that five, maybe even four to six months, you might notice your little one, they might be rolling or they might be pushing up a little bit more on their arms. Mm. They, at six months, their head control matures, so they're able to hold their head up in sitting like an, and in that upright posture against gravity. And you'll notice them like doing little mini ab crunches off your lap, mm. things like that. And they're all signs that they are getting ready to roll and getting ready to sit. So everyone like separates the motor development skills. But actually, like a lot of the things they're doing are foundational skills for both. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about rolling, you said that Seb was grabbing his feet and I was thinking just before, but it was actually he was grabbing Gio's feet. And trying yeah, he to grabs Gio's feet. But he, Gio's very you tasty. did mention that he was starting. <laughs> you did mention that he was starting to grab his own feet. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. night that I was holding him upright, he actually grabbed onto his foot yeah. in front of himself and yeah. I've not seen him do that before. Yeah. Mm. Does he do it on his back as well? No. And that'll, no. Come, that'll come in the next little bit. Like there are all those rolling skills and rather than going, he hasn't, and often people message me and say, oh my God, he's five and a half months and he hasn't rolled yet. But only half of babies roll at about five and a half months. That's normal. And there'll be other babies that just roll a little bit later because they're more interested in exploring their voice or mm. you know, other things like that. And instead of panicking, I always encourage parents to look at the mini milestones mm. leading up to rolling or sitting or crawling so that they can see what delight in what the little one is doing and know that they're on their way instead of stressing mm. that they're not there mm. and then it becomes less off connection and play and more on I'm going to work you out and then roll and it's not fun for anyone. <laughs> no. But in terms of can he can you play in sitting, if he's got lots of those little precursors to sitting and the strength to do that, then you can you sure can. You can mix it up. Like he's probably not ready to sit by himself yet, but you could do some washing basket play. This is like my favourite one because you just don't un like you just leave the washing unfolded in the basket and pop him in the middle. And he's supported with that, like with the towels or your clothes around his trunk. So he, he can play with his hands. But in saying that, you wouldn't do that all day, every day. Mm. 
but it's mixed up in variety, so tummy time or on his back play or some sitting play or even playing in the high chair, getting ready for solids, like having some time there. But And the other thing I was going to say is this is around six months is where I like to mix up the playroom. So we've all had I found that, yeah, Yeah. because they get bored and, like, all the toys are on the floor and they're like, like, they can recognise their environment. So this is where I like to pull the couch cushions off to add a layer or I've started putting things like in the shelves of the unit next to. Yeah, yeah, just that little bit. Oh, I can get that. Because they want it, like you think, he's progressing up off the floor Mm. and so you're wanting to lift the toys or the the things that are interesting him up a little bit and Mm. like at the park you can dig a little hole in the sand pit and pop him in the hole and so he's got like some ways to lean on to practice his sitting as well maybe if he eats all the sand just put your picnic rug over the hole (laughs) so he's not eating all the sand but I like to say variety is the spice of life and if they have the strength and postural control to practice upright postures, that's okay. You're not going to damage them. In saying that, if you have a little bub with something like a skeletal dysplasia, so osteo, like a brittle bone disease or like dwarfism, follow the lines of your therapist because their bones are different. But for regular babies, you're not going to, there's no harm in playing in upright postures if they have the control. Mm. And so washing basket play on your lap, in the high chair, like all of those things a good fun and this is where you'll see like people make the little pillow nests mm. and they sit in the middle which is totally fine but if you do they will be very vocal that they don't want to be back on their tummies which is where I try and use the mm. lay and play so yeah yeah well. and lay half on the couch cushion half on the floor so they don't really feel like they're on their tummy and they can practice getting their little legs up yeah. and some free floor play as yeah. well so it's yeah. like you're just mixing it up and they're like they don't know what to this expect. This like, <laughs> there isn't so much of a routine because yeah. otherwise they're like, and I will always say to parents at this age is when they start being able to sit, you find you will put them down sitting. Mm. Like you will start to just always put them down in sitting and then they're like, why don't they want to go on their tummy? And they're like, and you're constantly unknowingly, and I've done it too, is just putting them down where they sit because they're happy and they can use their hands. But a mix up how you put them down on their back, on their tummy, on their side yeah. and sitting, just mix it up. Mm. And you keep them guessing a little bit, which kind of takes away from that frustration of like, always sit. So just can you put me in sitting, lady? Come on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a very long answer to your question. <laughs> this is a new thing. He's even on the couch, he'll start pushing off and trying to go off the oh, edge. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that as well. Upside down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He to move. He wants to go. Yes. <laughs> he's ready to go. So some babies. want to go. It's like he's pushing towards where he wants to go. Yeah. And some babies will have all the things they need to do to sit, but they just won't sit because they want to be on the move as well. And that's, that's okay. I often yep. say to those parents, can they sit in the high chair? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, probably just a choice. <laughs> we can provide all these opportunities for our little ones, but they are at the age now where... We provide, they decide. They yes. I love oh, that's that. a good oh, saying. That's the quote <laughs> of Dr. Kyla's saying. Oh, oh is it? <laughs> yes. I thought you came up with that <laughs> one, Helen. <laughs> no, I've spent, so spent a lot of time on her website this oh, week. I need to meet Dr. Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> but she has all these cool sayings that are like repetitive and stick in your head. Yeah. So, yeah. It's the same, not just with food, but with play. And that's why Kyla and I get on so well, because we have the same philosophy mm. and we came together I was like oh my god you and she's like, yeah you and oh my god it's like yeah. the same but in different developmental mm. domains so yeah you you provide and they decide so you can provide all these things and they'll be like no nah, today mom, mm. I just want to cuddle you or mm. get away from me yeah it just depends on their mood their hunger their t- tiredness all of those things and their little personalities mm. one of the few ways I've been able to keep Seb entertained in time of time a little bit longer is if I put him down because because of our big dogs his main play area in our lounge is his cot so 
the next few weeks when he needs to actually be in his cot for sleeping is going to be a big change. We need to figure <laughs> that one out as well. But anyway, at the moment, it's his play area. So that means that he's up off the yeah. ground. And I've been holding the edge of it and climbing down and then going like peekaboo and like going to <laughs> different places. So he's always mum. It's good fun, but it's really tiring. Yeah. Oh, do for a little How while. Are you at? <laughs> How are you <laughs> I love that. So he's, yeah, and some babies want you more and others mm. want you less. And I used to hate it when people would be like, you play so much with your kids. You're making a rod for your own back. They won't play when they're older. Yeah. I think you are all very aware how much I played with Claire as a baby. Lots. We did lots of play. And she doesn't want to know me. She plays by herself all of the time. That's mm. just her personality. She's, she's she still secure today. to yeah. then explore, that, and right? And that's also her personality. She's, what did she say today? I was watching her and she had the magnet. She said, can I buy some macaroni? No, you can't have the macaroni. I was like, what is she? Where she got this from? <laughs> <laughs> but Will, even though I wasn't feeling the best at that time, did all the same things as we did with Claire. We mm. played a lot. But he just likes to play with people, mm. whether it's friends or us or his sister. Like he just wants to play with someone else. That's his personality. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like we're like trying to shape them to be this perfect individual, independent player when it's not like... It's mm. not your choice. You're, no. <laughs> but you're like, oh, and that was, yeah. So anyway, it's interesting. Now I can reflect. Is, but yeah. you guys are going through that. So <laughs> have fun. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still, I think, really early months we're talking about it all being an experiment. I feel like now the play stuff is really this experiment like sometimes I'll have him and he'll be complaining and I'm trying to give him other things mm. then I just put him by himself and he's that's all I wanted yes. yeah and then he's playing by himself and I'm like oh okay whereas yesterday and I was, I was like, trying well to stimulate done. him you sat by yourself for a whole minute I could take my mug to the kitchen without yeah. you screaming at me <laughs> just mixing it up it um, yeah. I think I said to Helen now yeah, it's all about the fine motor fun like in the next sort of six months like they're still working on the mm. gross motor development mm. But what drives their gross motor development? Food. Hey, food. <laughs> but picking up their food. Exactly. But he's using their hands. Yeah. And like reaching drives rolling yes. and reaching drives crawling and reaching drives walking, that, that need to explore. And yes. so this is where the fun stuff comes. Definitely. Lots yeah. of little picking up things. Yeah. yeah. That's like the ribbon with the oval. Is that fine? So the ribbon they'll use, like at that this age, they'll still use that very big grasp and then around that, Eight to nine months, you'll see them start to do what's called pincer, pincer grip, where they yeah. bring their index finger to their thumb, like it's a really, like they're picking up something small, like a sultana. Mm. We actually did an experiment at home with Will the other day because he was eating sultanas. And he said, I eat these as a baby. And I was like, actually, the first time you had a sultana was when you're at daycare at about nine months and they didn't break it. They just mm. gave you whole sultanas and you ate them. Do you know what happens to a whole sultana if you eat it when it's not broken? Expands. <laughs> yes. And so and they can choke easily on them then or not? No, because it's in, no, in your guts. Oh. It, it gets liquid out yeah. of your guts yeah. and rehydrates. Oh, no. So we got yeah. him home from daycare oh dear. and we took him off his nappy and I was like, what? Like, what <laughs> happened? Like, there's all these round balls. Oh. <laughs> oh and they were grapes, basically, like rehydrated sultanas. So we had to do that experiment. Wow. With Will, with a, some, and overnight. And he's like, wow, mum, this would have been gross if you saw this in my nappy. But yeah, wow. it's interesting. Yeah. But that's around that nine month mark mm. that hits the group. Mm. Yes. In, in my groups, we use a song uh, for, for fine and gross motor skills. We do, like, it's what we call it the Ocean Animals song. And um, you put your hands together to make a fish. Yeah. And then we've got big, long arms for an octopus. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then we use, the grab, yeah, we say up. little 
pinchy pinch crab. crab. And you'll see the little ones that are just starting to yeah. do that movement. They're putting oh. their first their index finger. finger and thumb together. Yeah. Mm. And then as they develop, they're using their, their whole, whole hand. hand. Yeah, because yeah. it's so hard. Like we think we do these things so easily, but those just those movements, like just reaching like, for something mm-hmm. and like playing with it and moving it around and hand to hand and up to your mouth and then out to the side. That's all such a big thing. Mm. And the passing from one side of the body to the other as well. I've noticed Mm -hmm. him doing that a lot more just naturally. He'll have his mum cracker and he drops it, picks it up, moves it to the other hand. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Move a cracker around. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. No, but Yeah, it is. I can manipulate things. I can move things. Look how cool I am. Yeah, and he's like eating with this hand, then he's like, I'm going to eat with this hand. Yeah. 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 Last night was our third night of solids and the little tiny spoons that we bought, I think he clicked I don't, because the first two nights we did one food and then the third night we did a different one. So I don't know if he really just preferred that food or if it's because it was the third time in a row. But he went, oh, like in the mouth, not just like somewhere around my head. Yeah. Yes. Like the first time when he's like feeding his forehead and his cheeks. (laughs) 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 Just just watching his like whole face be like, oh my God, I did it. (laughs) So glorious. I love babies. Yes, it's very cute. It's just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like how can they go from, if you think six months ago, they were just like, <laughs> and so quiet. I know. Move. Absolutely, yeah. And now they're like these little personalities with song preferences. Dropping things on the floor. People I want to be upright or I just want you. And like, mm. yeah. Soon that will drop things on the floor to see how they move, but also to see what you do. Like, oh, that's a fun game. <laughs> 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 Mummy, yeah. play fetch with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're doing the fetching. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you turn it around. <laughs> Mon, do you have any development questions? I'm just thinking, just looking forward, I know it's not, he needs to reach this milestone, then this milestone, just like a general thought. I know crawling will come at some point. What are some of those precursor skills that we can see in the babies developing that those skills that they need that will lead into crawling? And is there any way to encourage through play those types of things? Um, Definitely. So so babies... Can some babies start crawling at five and a half months and others start oh. crawling at 13 months. <laughs> yeah. And that's like mm. the, the range. Huge range. Yeah. So that's a huge range. Yeah. And obviously there's not really a right way to move towards crawling. When you picture crawling, you pick hands and he's crawling, right? But some babies are so motivated to move. Gio's looking at um, Tara and he's just giving her the He eyes. loves her. <laughs> <laughs> if like, you marry me. <laughs> you to me, lovely lady. Um, there's no right way. So, like, some babies, if they're per- remember what we think about motor development, it's genetics, it's personality, it's body structures and biomechanics and muscles and the opportunity and the environment, but their personality as well. So some babies are just watchers and they will sit watch and they will watch and then they'll just crawl on hands and knees yeah mm. and they'll, they'll just do that and you can provide all the opportunities in the world and they'll send yeah. stuff for you yeah but it's what i said to parents is just look for the little things to show you that they're progressing but mm-hmm. other babies at five months will be like wanting to do tummy time and then you might see them like turning in a circle mm. on the floor and they might go one way heaps before they figure out how to go the other way and then they might yeah. start going backwards and they're like that's not where i want to go either and then they'll figure out how to go forwards and then they'll commando and they'll commando with one arm and then the other arm and then like an inchworm and then they like they'll go through this huge variety of how they move and people will be like oh we need to correct that and I'm like actually do we yeah do we need to correct does it need to be on hands and knees like immediately or like in this perfect way or 
because oh, commando is asymmetrical, but often babies will do it one way, then do it another way. Yeah. And I always mm. said to parents, if it's persistent and you're not seeing progression, then yeah, we can check in. Mm. But like often they'll experiment with different things, and then they might get up on. You'll see like them scooting like along a, on their bum. Oh, that's oh, a little bit later once they're sitting. Yeah. They can be, but like from that circles and backwards and then commando, they might go into a little plank okay. and start like And start planking. rocking. Yeah. 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 Or, or like just on their toes and their hands, like in a plank and you're like, wow, that's actually really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's harder than crawling. Yeah. But, um, that's where they're like, they're practicing their strength and they have these reflexes. You know, like the swimming reflex, that plank is like the yeah. opposite of that. So mm, they're practicing okay. that again and mm. then they'll figure out how to use one side of their body and the other and then they'll be like, oh, I'm on my hands and knees, but I actually can't. I have to practice shifting my weight forward onto my hands before I can figure out how to reach because you can't. There's different steps to, that they'll build on yes. to get to crawling. And other babies will just be like, I'm on my tummy, I'm up, and now I'm off. Like in a day. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, sorry, Karen, sorry. I have, I have a question mm-hmm. on that. And on, on that fact, oh, I guess, would you say that uh, development is not linear? Definitely some, not. Yeah, some, some kids pull to stand before yes. they crawl and mm-hmm. some kids... Then so they'll pull to stand and be up on in that practicing standing and then they'll crawl. Like yes. my children pulled to stand at six and a half months yep. and crawled at seven and a half, eight, and then walked at nine and a bit. Like it was mm. so rapid. But other babies just take a little bit more of time through those stages yeah. to consolidate. And so I say to parents, look for the progressions and look for all of the things that they're learning. Because mm. if they're continually gaining skills, like it, it's that's a good thing. Mm. It doesn't yeah. have to be in a specific order. And then yes. people will say they're crawling and they crawled for three or four weeks on hands and knees and now they have this weird knee up mm. and, like, we need to correct that. And that's not true either. If they've crawled mm. hands and knees, like, now they've probably figured out how to get into sitting and keeping your knee up if you're in a small space. That's really advantageous. Like, mm. I can get in and out of sitting really quickly here. So why would I put it down if I'm just going there and then back? Like, and I've noticed, yeah. like, he got stronger with sitting and then he started working out, like, Ooh, if I tip this way and then gets his like elbow out to try yeah. and fall into sideline, yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, sit up. And then I'm like, oh, hang on, no, you're trying yeah. something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I love that you can see that he's doing that. Yeah, they might not be able to catch themselves yet. Yeah, because that that's a developing reflex. And luckily on his soft mat. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and what like, we do. And as he goes boom, just a little bit, as but safe I was like, oh. as necessary. Correct. Not yeah. as safe as possible. So yeah. you provide a softer surface rather than, or you might provide some layered pillows if you don't have a soft surface. But it's like sitting behind, but yeah, mm. hands just in case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like preventing the head smack. But also yeah. like they are really, their centre of gravity is really low. Yeah. Like they will fall. Like they're yeah. designed to fall, not onto concrete or tiles. They're designed to have tumbles and it not be as impactful. And actually the falling backwards and the roll is yes. like a little reflex that they develop to save themselves. So yeah. if they're falling to the side or forward, they'll often put their arms out, but if they fall backwards, they'll do this like little roll and they tuck. Rock um, the core really strength. Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's something that's coming between now and nine, typically between now and nine months. So yeah, cool. you'll see that develop. Mm. It was really cool being away from our normal house environment and then yeah. Gio coming back to his mat and I was watching him and he's roll, roll, and then yeah. oh, I've, <laughs> like, I've, grab, got, all these I've got to see all my toys. Like yes. They're all still there. <laughs> so if you feel he's like, I've got to kick that gym really hard. Yeah. I'm back, baby. Um, but if you do, if you feel like it's just, uh, then just go and change it up. Change the environment. Yeah. Do something new. Mm. Mix up the playroom. Change yeah, the place, change play the room. toys. Yeah, change the toys. Make new toys. I always mm. think like, I know you buy you guys new toys every month, but you don't really need toys. You can just pull out the yeah. cake tins or grab yeah. the 
drink bottle with some rice in it or like yeah. there's lots of things that you can make from home or grab mm-hmm. the cardboard box. I think that's something that I did mention a couple of weeks ago. I have been feeling a little bit flat sometimes, feeling like it's me entertaining Seb all day, every day. And then like when he is showing some frustration or like he wants something new, but I know that we've got a fair bit of stuff out in two different spaces at the moment and then there's more stuff that's put away that I think is much for when he's older than he, not now, but further down the line and I'm feeling like I'm in this weird in the middle rut. We're not ready to get those toys out but you're done with this and I don't know what to do with you next and apart from going walking for two hours every single afternoon to try and get out of the house what do I do next sort of thing and it's also the feeling of groundhog day yeah oh here we go (laughs) we're at this Um, time of day again so my recommendation would be just clean out all the toys and pick three things from your Tupperware or kitchen spoons and stuff but that's if you are interested in the developmental progressions or like different play setups or DIY home play ideas that's all the stuff that's in the baby play academy that you Mm. can we don't do it by age because we want it to yes. be open to babies that That's right. need therapy supports as well. So it's like skills that they're working on, whether it be rolling or sitting. So you can like go, okay, if I'm working on crawling, like what are some play activities like parent connected or independent or what can we do that might support him exploring those skills? Again, they can decide if they want to take that opportunity, but lots of the times they're quite fun and it's not like Instagram where it seems like it would suit, but actually it doesn't it's not right for their age so or stage of development and yeah it's pretty fun that we can pick out all those nearly 300 diy play ideas now in there which is really cool hey geo geo <laughs> Gio wants to say something into the mic what do you want to say he wants to eat <laughs> <laughs> this noise is now bud <laughs> yeah but yeah but all i see it i see you guys only once a month really and I see the progression and them learning new skills. And, mm-hmm. like, the whole time in this podcast when Seb's been awake, Helen, he's just been, like, a bit fidgety. And then you'll talk and you'll be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, yeah, my mum. <laughs> um, and he's so into the conversation. Whereas you, Gio, you just want to roll all around the floor and use your body in every way. And so it's just they're different personalities, but it's so beautiful. And yeah. I, I love it. Mm. Mm. But yeah. If there are any last questions, or we've been talking for an hour now, so I think. My goodness. I think. <laughs> and the, the lights are really dim in here. So. I know. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for coming on for six months. I can't believe we've actually gotten to six months already, Gio. I can't believe it. Six. You're such a big boy. And it's so strange because you're awake and Sam's asleep this time, which is really different. Okay. Um, but yes, well done to you guys. Well done to you, Mum. No. She pisses really hard. It's a tough gig. So congrats for reaching six months of being a mother. So and we're going to have we should have a little party after first year podcast. Yeah, we should do that. We should, we should have Absolutely. a little party. If you came to party with us and you live in Perth, shoot me a DM party? or Monique mm. or, or Helen. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for coming on today. Tara, thank you for your generosity and your time and expertise. I love it. I just... Thank it's beautiful. You. Thanks so much for having me. I've learned a lot and it's been so nice to chat to you guys. Thank everything you. Everything about babies. It's okay. Keep doing the good work. Yes, thank yes. you. Good music. And people like me that can't uh, sing. Make me feel better. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank Have you. Have a good one. Happy thank playing. You. Bye. I wanted to introduce you to my online membership, the Baby Play Academy. With over 250 purposeful play ideas from birth to walking, 
masterclasses on rolling, crawling, walking and baby sign language, bonus extras, webinars from paediatric experts and tummy time and sensory play PDFs, over 150 frequently asked questions at your fingertips and my favourite, on-hand support from my team of physio, OT and speech as well as hundreds of other parents in our online support forum. It is everything you need to play, connect and reduce the anxiety around development in that first year and a half of your baby's life. Come and check it out at www.babyplayacademy.com. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Baby Banter. If you've enjoyed it, or if you have more questions, let's continue the conversation over on my Instagram, Nicole underscore Kids Physio. You can also check out NicoleKidsPhysio.com for lots of goodness, as well as the freebies mentioned today. Do you know a new parent or have a family member with questions? I would love it if you could share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave a rating and review, and I'll see you next time on Baby Banter. Hey, Mum, it's time for Baby Banter.